Welcome to everyone here this morning and everyone who's joining us online. Really appreciate you being a part of the service this morning and uh, leaning into God's Word this morning. Are you ready for God's Word? Yes, sir. Excellent. No worries. I pray that uh, a lot of you get saved as you leave today. Uh, it'll be great. Um, I'm just messing with you. That's all right. So uh, just making myself feel better, uh, calmer, uh, and less nervous. I'm really nervous at the moment, but that's cool. Um, it's cool. Shut up, Gary. All right. In Jesus' name. <laughs> I thank you for your word today. I thank you that you're here by your spirit. I thank you that uh, you are in the process of changing lives. You have done something so wonderful, so profound in each and every one of us. I thank you that we can call you Father. We can call you uh, Almighty, God, Great, Wonderful. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that even these words that I speak now, that you... uh, bring transformation to all of our lives, that you you put uh, hope into each and every one of us. And I pray that as we leave today, that we'll see things that we can do that we didn't see that we could do before. So Father, I thank you that you take this message of mine and, uh, and do whatever it is that you need to do with it in the lives of your people today, in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to continue again uh, today uh, with our series on faith and centred around faith, having faith in God, and uh, and I'm really excited about it. I, I, I've got to say that last Sunday's message by Pastor John Simons was an absolute cracker. Uh, it's one of the best messages I've heard on God not doing what you want him to do that I've ever heard in my life. So uh, I thought it was just faith-filled. It was encouraging. It was authentic. It was powerful. And I really, if you haven't had an opportunity to hear that message, um, Check it out after this message. So uh, we really appreciate it. That's cool. Um, so faith is our, our, our lifeblood as, as believers. Uh, it, it's, it's the lifeblood to everything that God is and that God has. The Bible says in Romans chapter 1, verse 17, that the righteous will live by faith. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, that we live by faith and not by sight. As believers, I believe that we are called to live by faith in all areas of our lives. And as an example of that, we access the abundant life of Christ and the promises of Father by faith. We access the gifts and the fruit of the Holy Spirit by faith. We raise our families as believers in Christ because of our faith. We are generous with all that we have because of our faith. We use our gifts and our abilities to serve God and others because of our faith. And we actually share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ because of faith. So what's at the heart of this incredible gift of faith? If we want to grow in faith, what what is something that we need to do? We need to grow in love before we're going to grow in faith. Because faith is all centred around intimacy with Jesus. It's all about intimacy with God. And I hope that you'll see that as we go through this series in the few weeks that we've got ahead of us. The more that we love, the more that we will trust. As an illustration of that, there's a true story told by Dr. Howard Pope. And he says, he tells of a beautiful young lady who once read a book and came to him declaring it to be the most boring book that she'd ever read. 
In fact, she said, if I were to meet the author, I would ask him why he wrote such a worthless book. And soon after that experience, this young lady fell in love with a brilliant young Christian man. And one night as they were talking together, the young man saw this worthless book on their coffee table. And he said to this young lady, he says, uh, have you read this book? And this young lady replied, yes, why do you ask? And shyly the young man said, because I wrote it. <laughs> that night, this young girl stayed up all night rereading the book because now she had fallen in love with the author. She wanted to know everything about the one that she loved, knowing that the book was a way to draw closer to the author. When she'd finished the book a second time, she was sure that this was the man that would be her husband. So when the young man visited a few days later, she said, I read your book. I think it's the most wonderful, brilliant, and the best book I've read in my life. Similarly, when we fall in love with Father, the God of all gods, the God of the Bible, it's easy to trust him. Faith comes through hearing the word of Christ. See, spending time in the word is spending time with Jesus. It's where love and faith will grow. So when we know the author of the scriptures, we'll be expectantly anticipating his blessings, his abundance, his, his provision, his freedom, his restoration, and his encouragement. I want to read for us today something out of Hebrews 11, verses 1 to 6. And it says this, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith Abel still speaks even though he is dead. By faith Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. Verse 6 says, And without faith it's impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. See, faith is the believer's ability to see what can't be seen with the natural eye. It's to hear what can't be heard with the natural ear. It's to taste what can't be tasted with the natural taste buds. Faith is this supernatural sense that's birthed in the human heart when God's Word is heard, it's received, it's believed, and then it's acted on. Everyone say acted on. <laughs> it enabled Elijah to hear the sound of an abundance of rain when not one drop had fallen from the sky in three and a half years. By faith, a widow woman went from nothing but a small pot of oil to having an abundance that satisfied not just her creditors, but also blessed her family at the same time as well. See, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7, it says, By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark 
to save his family. In verse 30 of the same chapter, it says, By faith the walls of Jericho fell after the people marched around them for seven days. See, there are action words in those passages. There's action words that's connected with faith in these passages. Moses built, the people marched. Faith isn't just a general mental agreement to the truth of God's Word. It's more than that. I can believe in the strength and the ability of a bridge to support the weight of my car and myself in that car, but it's not faith on my part until I'm driving across the bridge. Otherwise, it's just, I agree. It's just, I'm thinking that. I think that could hold my weight. But I have faith in it when I drive my car across. Mark chapter 16, verses 15 to 18 says this, and Jesus says, As you go into all the world, preach the good news to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptised will be saved, but whoever doesn't believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow them that believe. Everyone say believe. In my name they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes and with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they'll get well. Question I've got to ask us today is why don't we see more of the power of the Holy Spirit manifested in our lives? Could it be that our understanding of what Jesus meant when he said, those that believe is a little bit skewed. It's just a little bit off kilter. It's not quite right. Have we become a generation of mental assenters, only agreeing in our minds about the truth of God's Word? From Jesus' perspective, believers are more than agreeers, they are doers. Let's take that passage that we've just spoken of. They did something. In His name they drove out demons. They spoke in tongues. There was an action. If they picked up snakes, now why on earth you'd pick up a snake? I've got no idea, but they did. So it's in here. It's got to be there for a purpose. That's cool. When they drink poison, I can only assume that that's someone else giving them the poison. If they drank it, or if they placed their hands, it takes faith for us to place our hands on a sick person and they'll get well. These are all actions that are required of someone who believes. We do the action, but God makes sure of the result. It's Him that makes sure that we don't get poisoned. It's Him that makes sure that we don't get bitten by the snake if we happen to pick it up. It's Him that does the healing if we place our hands on the sick people. See, the plague that maybe has infected the church is that of calling the agreement of our mind a vital and living faith and thinking that it's actually believing. I think it's just thinking and not believing. Do you understand what I'm saying this morning? It isn't believing unless there's a corresponding action that we actually do something because of what we've heard or received from God. James 2.26 says that uh, it tells us that faith has an action. Otherwise, it's really not faith. This means that a believer is a doer. Now, I want to be really clear with everybody here this morning. Don't get me wrong in this. I am not saying that our doing comes first. I'm simply saying that I believe that uh, if we believe right, then the doing will follow. 
if we believe right. It's, it's the same thing with our salvation. We're not saved by the good things that we do. We do the good things that we do because we're saved. Do you understand what I'm saying? A big difference. We're actually called to do good works. We were saved to do good works. And we do those things having received what God gives to us and then outworking that. Does that make sense? Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 to 27 says this. I'll just turn that to the right page of my Bible. Actually, no, I won't. It says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, this is Jesus' word. It's the word of God. Those who hear these words and puts them into practice, in other words, they do something because of what they've heard. They don't just say, that's a nice story. Oh, really? Wow, what a nice book. It's, it's, they've received the Word of God and they've done something. They've put it into practice. That person is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the wind blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But, everyone say but. But everyone who hears these words of mine, it's exactly the same words. It's exactly the same person that's talking. It's coming from the Word of God. Jesus is speaking to these people. Okay, It's that same Word, but does not put it into practice. In other words, they do nothing because of what they've heard. They may have agreed with the Word or they may even have ignored the Word, ignored that Word, and the result is exactly the same. They are like a foolish person who built their house on the sand. The rain came. The streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash. Exactly the same results, like the same things happened to this person, but their ability to withstand the storm or to stand in the time of crisis when it came was not there because they hadn't put into practice what the Word of God had said to them, what Jesus had spoken into their world. There was no practicing, no doing as a result of their hearing. The moment that we act on what we've heard, we've built on the rock, we've become true believers and can weather the storms of life and live by faith. Even when you know it looks impossible to be able to get through what we're going through, we can and we know that we will because we put some stuff into practice because of what we've heard and we know that Christ goes through the storm with us. In fact, He's in the boat. I thought that was great. I nearly got saved right then. (laughs) Believers are doers and doers are seers. They see the results of what they're believing for because they've done some stuff. In other words, we will see the manifestation in the doing, not in the agreeing. Now, there's sometimes where, where two or three agree on anything. It shall be done for them, okay? But even in that agreement, there's people there, they are praying, they're doing it, they're upholding, they're declaring, they're singing, tap dancing, doing whatever it is. 
They're doing something because of what they've heard. The reason maybe that we haven't seen more of the power and the glory of God in our lives is because we've mistakenly accepted agreement of our mind and thinking it's believing. Many say they believe the Bible, but if they're not living according to its principles, they don't believe, they just agree. I know this is a hard-hitting word this morning. This is like confronting stuff. It's like, it's wow, really, Pastor Gary, you're really getting up in front, shirt-fronting us today. It's, it's wow, you're really hitting hard. When we believe, we'll do. And when we do, we will see the power and the glory of God manifest. Now, I want to really help us today in this message by making it very, very practical, very simple and practical for us to do this. And I've got one point, just one, but lots of examples. (laughs) And you thought you are getting out early. Here's my first and only point. Okay, are you ready? You might want to get your pen ready. Okay, you might want to get your your neighbour's iPhone and just make some notes with that. Whilst you're there, you can ring your granny in Switzerland. So here's my point. Start small. Start small. Start small. What did he say? He said, start small. Are you sure? That's it? He said, yeah, that's it. That's it. Just start small. You're kidding. Just that. Really? Start small. Zechariah chapter 4 verse 10. Jesus, God says, start small. In fact, he's, I better rephrase that. I better put it in, in proper Bible language so you understand that he's not a heretic after all. Do not despise the day of small beginnings. For the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Oh, wow. Start small. Turn to your neighbour. Start small. Turn to the other person on the other side and say, really? Is that all it is? Start small. <clears throat> What am I saying? I'm saying take small steps first. Then as we get more confident in stepping out in faith, we are able to take bigger and bigger steps as we go. Why can we take bigger steps? Because we know that God can be trusted with the little so we can do what we need to do on a bigger scale. But if you're just aiming for the mountain first up and you're standing in front of your mountain and you haven't sort of got your faith truly in what God said and who God is and you stand there before your mountain and you're declaring this mountain to go to be picked up out of the earth and to be moved off into some other place and I think of all the rabbits that are going to be upset with you for a start but it's just, if you're doing that, okay, but you haven't seen God do something in the little thing, when you get disheartened because your mountain hasn't moved, you walk away from God. Oh, I, I tried that, that tithing thing. I, I gave it a good two weeks and it didn't work for me. It didn't work. It didn't work for me. This tithing caper is not... I placed my hands on my wife and she didn't get better. I placed my hands on my kids and they're still ratty, you know, we give up because we haven't started small. We haven't established the Word of God in, in who God is 
And, and may that the rock that we're building on. Do you, do you understand? You're with me this morning. Okay. So babies learn to crawl before they can walk. They, they walk before they can run. And then when they get older, it's really hard to get them out of the couch again. <laughs> See, in my running, I, 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 there was a time where I could run for an hour straight. How did I get there? I started by running for a minute and walking for a minute. I can tell you I needed to walk for a minute after running for a minute. But then as you get you know, stronger and fitter, you're able to do more and to accomplish more. Here's, here's a great story. A lady by the name of Catherine Grubb, okay? She's known as the 10-minute novelist. This is why. She has five kids who are under eight years of age. She homeschools, cooks, cleans, supervises and entertains and had this great desire on her life to want to write a book. So what did she do? She recognised it in her own ability and time frame that given all that she was involved in during the day, that she couldn't set aside like an, a block for an hour. Like to get a block for an hour, the kids would have to be comatose to be able to do that. So what she did was to look at her day and then to break it down into six 10-minute slots throughout her day and she wrote a novel 10 minutes at a time. Start small. Start small. It's as simple as starting small. So let's look. Now, I've, I've used a couple of worldly examples of this starting small caper. Let's look at the Word of God so that you can see that I'm not just out there with the pixies. So, Romans chapter 12 and verses 6 to 8. This is talking about the gifts of Father that He gives to us as we are walking through life. It says, we have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use the gift. In other words, if we hear something, we've got to do something with that prophetic word. In other words, we've got to give it. Let that word come out. So there's an action that's associated. We, we do something with that gift. And it's in proportion to the faith that comes with a gift. As we use and develop that gift, there's a greater level of faith because we are growing in our faith to believe that, you know, once upon a time, a prophetic word would, would might be to say to, to, to Pastor Dean here, Dr. Dean, that I, I can see that uh, you're going to have a, a really great day today and I prophesy a great day to you today in Jesus' name. Okay, that's starting small. There's nothing wrong with that. It's a great uh, prophetic gift to give. And you know what? It came true because he had a wonderful day. Okay? <laughs> but then as we've developed that gift of prophetic words, suddenly we, we hear God speak to us. You're going to meet a man. And he's going to come into your life at around about 3.30 uh, on, on, on Monday afternoon. And he's going to have a black tie on with a, a, a big, nice red dot just there. It's going to be a beautiful tie. You'll recognise him because of this time. You'll remember this word that he's going to encourage you. He's going to give you a cheque for $10,000. <laughs> How do you get to a place of suddenly having such an articulate, accurate word of God? It's because he took the small steps first. Do you understand what I'm saying? And you're thinking, I could never do that. No, you couldn't do that today. But if you took a small step, you might be able to do it tomorrow. I'm, I'm trying to stir you. 
I'm trying to not stir you up, but stir your faith. Okay? So if you feel the Holy Spirit give you a prophetic encouragement for someone, and I want to say that a prophetic word will always build up, encourage. That's what it's for. That's, if your, your, your prophetic word is, is leaning towards, well, uh, you're a filthy, rotten sinner, you need to get saved, and well, probably not a good word to give. All right? But, it, but if it's up, 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 building up, slow down, Gary. If it's building up, if it's encouraging, and you feel it's, it's really of God, in all humility, say, I just feel this. I feel to, to give you this word. And you just give it in humility. And you can do with that word what you choose. If it's not for this season now, stick it on a shelf, pray into it, and it might come, to, come true. Right. So the next one, verse 7. If your gift is serving, let him serve. In other words, do something. It's, it's biblical to serve. Jesus came not to be served, but to serve. So we know that there's a, there's a biblical truth here. So find a way of serving someone and do it. Serve your boss by showing up on time and leaving on time. Serve your boss by not flogging the pencil. Oh, I've hit a nerve. <laughs> serve your parents, kids. Parents, serve your kids. Your friends, your family, anyone. You see someone walking through the shops and they're struggling with a trolley and, uh, and it's overflowing and something falls on the floor, serve them, pick it up. If your gift is teaching, then teach. Do something. Come alongside of someone and coach them, mentor them, help them to learn about God and what faith and love and good deeds looks like in a person's life. We've got Christians in here that have been Christians for decades and you're not speaking into anyone's life and it's a travesty and a waste of all that you've done over those decades. And I'm up front and right and shirt fronting you then. I love you, but I want to tell you the truth. You've got everything you need right now to start small. You've got everything that you need to start small. If your gift is encouraging, then encourage someone. Encourage someone. Speak to the greatness that God's put inside of them. Speak to that greatness. God's put seeds of greatness in the people around about you. And just open your eyes to those greatness and say, I love the way that you serve. I love the way that you come alongside those young people to, to mentor them, to coach them and things of God and, and things like I love the way that you sing and, and worship God. I, I love that about you. You know, do something with the gift that God's given to you. If your gift is, in, is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously, the Bible says. See, if your gift is to bless others, do it generously, not with a tight fist. Oh, God's given me, give me this word. I need to give you 50 bucks. Here's 50 bucks. <laughs> Open your hand, release the gift. If your gift is leadership, then govern diligently. And are you a leader this morning? Well, stand up, lead well, attentively, persistently, consistently. Look at your leadership gift and work on it. If your gift is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully, the Bible says. Say, if your gift is mercy, 
Smile. Let your face know that you're enjoying what you're doing. Start small. Start small. And as, as you, if you've taken that small step, the next time, hey, you know what? The, next, the last time I, I encouraged that person, I really felt like it, was, it, it hit home. I'm going to do that again. And you take a bigger step and you encourage someone or, or you serve someone and you're able to say, you know what? I've got this gift on my life that I'm sitting on that I'm, and I see needs, but I'm just sitting on my gift right now. No, start small. Start small. If, if you play musical instrument, start small. Rock up the music practice. That's a small start. But it's, it's a sign that says to the Spirit of God, there's a person here that's been gifted and can do something with that gift to encourage people. But you, you don't understand the season I'm in. I'm, fine. But God's in that season. Same with, like with, with kids or frontline. You know, you're a really vivacious, outgoing sort of person. You're, you're nice to be around. You actually smile when you meet people. It's really good. That's an important quality to have on the front line. Okay? It's, it's a really important quality. Trust me. Well, smile is, you know, just, if you're not doing anything, hey, and you're a good person, you, you love to smile, you love, you're happy, woo, rock on, baby. Front line. It'd be great if we did that in our workplaces. If we, if we did that in our schools, stuff like that. See, Christians, like, next time you think of someone, pray for them. See, Christians are called to pray. Most would agree with that. But agreeing with the need to pray doesn't make us a praying person unless we actually pray. Have I gone too long? We can talk and sing and write songs about prayer, preach and teach about prayer, but we don't experience the benefits and the power of prayer until we pray. Start small. Start small. The next time you think of someone, pray for them. And then because you did that the last time, take the next step. Just wanted to let you know that I was thinking of you and praying for you and I care about you and love you, is there anything I can do to help you in what you're going through right now? All my love, Gary. That's the next step. That's, that's a bigger step of faith. See, the next time you think of that person, oh, pray for that person. Lord Jesus, just touch that person. Fill, fill them with your spirit. Touch them, help them. You know, just thinking of you again. I, I, it's okay if I bring around a meal. I'm going to be there in 10 minutes. It's Maccas. <laughs> Hope you like Maccas. If not, I won't go hungry. <laughs> we can talk about fasting. We can preach and teach about fasting, how Jesus and his disciples, they fasted and the benefits of fasting according to the Bible. But until we push the plate away, it's not fasting. 
We are never going to see the, the power of breakthrough, the power of, of seeing captives released. We're not going to see the power of the yokes lifted off of people's lives if we believe that that's going to come through fasting and we're not giving up a meal. We can talk about engaging our community, encouraging everyone to share the good news of Jesus and witness about Jesus. We agree that's the Great Commission. And Jesus gave this commission to Oh, just the pastor and his wife. That's right. I remember that bit. No, he gave it to everybody. That's a, that's a commission that's given. That's why it's a great commission. Not only is it the outworking of it great, but he's using great people to outwork the commission. That's why you're called a believer. Come on, okay. So, but unless we actually speak to someone about Jesus, then people aren't engaged. They don't hear the good news and instead they face a Christless eternity. We can talk about worship. We agree that worship is a biblical truth and we are free to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth and, uh, and, and to do uh, move out as the Holy Spirit moves upon our hearts. But until we actually respond to the touch of God upon our hearts and pour our worship out on Him, we are just spectators. Faith is not a feeling, it's a lifestyle. Start small. Be gracious. In other words, be nice. Christians are supposed to be nice. I've met some Christians. I won't go there. Well, <laughs> I get myself in a lot of trouble, really. I, <clears throat> I try to do it with a smile, but I'm really I'm slapping you up the side of the head when I'm doing it. But. Be generous. Be generous. Why would I be generous? Well, because Jesus was. Be gentle. I've been gentle with you today. I could have been a lot harder, but I was gentle today. Be growing. In other words, make a commitment to grow. Put into practice the things that we hear. Put into practice the things that we hear. Speak to and draw out the greatness in others. See, if we want a breakthrough into new dimensions of spiritual power and authority, then we need to make the decision that from now on, no matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like, we are going to be a doer of God's Word and not just an agreeer. Agreeing is important. But that's half the equation. That's half the story. We've got to be doers of God's Word. Start small and then determine to stretch our faith. See, when we act on what we've heard, we will see God do things and our faith will grow. We'll see more, we will hear more, and want God to use us more. Let's stand. I'm done. I just want to give a, another plug for our worship night on, on Friday night. The whole theme of the night is going to be around worship. But we will be making time available to pray for people too. I believe in the prophetic. And I would, I would release the prophetic. 
in that meeting. If you feel that you, there's a prophetic word that God gives to you, it's an outstanding opportunity to come along and to give a prophetic word. It's, it's only a safe place. I, I believe that we need to make it a safe place so that people fail forward. Okay, We need to allow that people are going to make mistakes. Don't be super critical or criticise it. Honour the faith step that they've taken to, to give that word. So we're going to make time to pray. We're going to make time to, to give prophetic words. There'll be a microphone available. Uh, again, all I would say in the realm of the prophetic, uplifting, builds people up, positive. It's not condemning in any way like that. Let's, let's, let's go for what God does and set things up. So I just want to say, come out. We've got a great children's program. The, the kids will be a part of that. Uh, so that we want to free you up to be a part of it. Uh, right now, I, I pray. You've heard my heart. I've messed about a bit and I've, I've joked about a bit. There's an underlying seriousness that, that goes through this message too. If it's just all we're doing is agreeing, it's not faith. Because there's, there's, there's an aspect of walking and doing something because of our agreement with what God says. So this morning, I want to pray for people to take the courage, to have the courage to start small. Just simply say, even now, you know who you are. You know your gifts. You know your abilities. You know the things that God's put into your life. And if you're wanting to step it up in faith, just simply right now, just close your eyes and say, Holy Spirit, where can I start small? Where can I start small? What is it that you are wanting me to do? Where do you want me to step out? Where do you want me to do something? What is it, Holy Spirit, that you're asking of me in this season? You know, you might be a person of incredible faith. The same applies. What's your next step? How can you continue to grow and increase in faith? You know, we we read about and we, we... talk about maybe raising the dead. You know, the, the, the incredible thing about that is that if you want to raise someone from the dead, you want the power to raise someone from the dead, here's a, here's a clue. You've got to be around dead people. Otherwise, it just it's not raising someone from the dead. It's just like, I don't know what it's like, but it's not like raising from the dead because they're already alive. And I know that there are people here in occupations They're on the front line. They're on the front line. We need to be praying for those people, asking God to to give them wisdom. If they come across a dead person, Lord, would you use that person to raise them up in Jesus' name? That may be like someone who's, who's walked a bit. They've got a good faith already. So Lord, whatever the the next step is, whatever that small step is, that small step that they need to take, would you speak it into people's hearts today? Would you draw it out of them and give them the courage to take that step? Let them hear your word. Let them know that it's your voice and then let them take that step. In Jesus' mighty name. I pray, Father, that you'd build your people up, encourage them in Jesus' name. While every head is bowed and 
every eye is closed. I don't know everybody here. I speak to the people that may be watching online this morning as well. Maybe you don't know Jesus. Maybe you don't really, you've never given your heart to Him. Maybe the next step, the small step that you need to take, the one that sometimes is the most difficult, is saying, Lord Jesus, would you come into my life and make yourself real to me? I need to know you, Jesus. I, I, I hear people talk about you. I hear people singing to you. I, I, I don't know, understand it. I don't follow it. I don't get it. But Lord, would you be my next small start? And right now I yield my life to you. Just say that right where you are, whether you're online or in this room. Lord, I yield my life to you. You I ask to be my Lord and Saviour today. Come into my heart. Change my life. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. If anyone here has prayed that for the first time, come and talk to me afterwards. We've got some great resources. I'd love to give it into your hands. If you've prayed that on, online whilst you've been watching, I pray that you get in touch with us here at Infuse Church. You can send me an email at Pastor Gary. Gary's got two R's because that's the only way to spell Gary. Pastor Gary at infusedchurch.org.au. And uh, we'll make sure that we get those resources into you. You ever thought about that? We, we marry people. We don't marry people. Just saying. Just saying. It's Gary, not Gary. Jane, can I marry you? <laughs> Mary's a lovely name, honestly. Oh, okay. Uh, also, just wanted to say um, for the ladies uh, out in the foyer, uh, there's a ladies' event coming up, a great uh, breakfast coming up. I've forgotten the date. might be the 8th of August, I think. But there's a sign-up sheet out there in the foyer anyway, so make sure you head out to the foyer. Ladies and sign up. That's a small start in building relationships and friendships. Did you see the seamless transition? In Jesus' name, Amen.